Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Our guest today is a former phone sex operator and now intimacy mom and coach. Welcome, Mrs. Rose. I am so excited that you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here too. How did that all begin? I was looking for a way to make money. I wanted it to be fun. I have been in online communities for forever. When people heard I was looking for ways to make money, there was somebody online that was already a phone sex operator and she's like, girl, you should give this a try. So she walked you in the door. Yes and no. So she mentioned it. And at first I laughed because I was like, no way. I think it took about a month or so that it really started to settle in. So I was like, you know, maybe I could do this. So then I started researching online, looking for people. I started going down the phone sex rabbit hole. <laughs> My position is to make sure that people have a hell of a good time. Have people like walked in on the calls? Oh, absolutely. I've had wives come in just absolutely screaming. I have had a gentleman that was on the phone while he was driving and he got pulled over because someone had driven past him while he was doing the deed and called it in and reported it. That was an interesting one where he's like, oh shit, I have to go. Did he ever call you back and actually get you? A lot of services, they know your profile and that's where your bread and butter is really. You develop relationships with people. You get regulars just like in a store. Did your parents know that you did this and did they care? And my parents never knew about it. A lot of my family and close friends do know about it. My parents passed away quite a bit ago. I don't think they would have minded. <laughs> Do you think that it will be something that you share with your children? I've thought about that. My daughter's 10 now, and so she's getting to be about that age. So I actually quit working in the industry about a year or two ago. I still have some private clients that I still work with, but if she asked, I would be honest. It's not something I would come out and just admit to. Have you talked to her about sex yet? Yes, we've absolutely talked about sex. No matter how young they are now, it comes up in conversations, in music. We talk about it very openly. She doesn't seem as curious as I was back then. And my parents were a lot more in your face about it. <laughs> and did women call? Oh, yeah. We all have our signature. I got a lot of girls. I got a lot of women wanting to play the nurturing role or the women that were very dominant and wanted to assert their dominance. Who was calling and didn't know what to do? We kind of classify clients. You've got the wankers. They're the ones that call and they jerk off in five seconds and then they're done because A, they don't want to spend money and B, <laughs> they're quick. You have the people that call and they're very shy and they want you to coax them out of their shell. Maybe they have a mommy or a daddy fantasy, or you have the, I'm shy. I'm so virginal. I've never done this. There's definitely a whole spectrum. When you got really strange requests, how did you pull off being convincing? I'm very empathic by nature. I also have a background in mental health. I knew a lot about kinks. I knew a lot about the underpinnings behind sexual shame. And so if I didn't know it, I would just take a second and I would just imagine it. <laughs> and it's it's just like acting, you know, but it's improv acting. Did you feel like you were living a double life? I feel like anytime you're in the sex industry of any kind, you have some sort of double life. A lot of people think that phone sex is just about sex. You learn very quickly on that most people are actually calling for companionship. You have to really keep yourself very separate from that life because A, it can be dangerous. B, because people get way too attached on a personal level. But with the married thing, a lot of people wouldn't even admit it, but you'd get that sense. Like if I send
send you a gift and I want to send you money, how can I do it secretly? They're the ones that send gift cards instead of cash. In the beginning, I had a lot of problems with that, knowing that I was facilitating that sort of behavior. And at some point you desensitize and you realize they're responsible for their relationship. But I also had a policy that if a wife found me, I didn't lie. Have you ever spoken to a wife? I've had a few situations, actually. One was where the wife walked in and he was jerking off while on the phone with somebody. She grabbed the phone and snatched it and was like, who the hell is this? And I said, I'm somebody your husband hired. I do apologize that you're going through this, but you need to talk to him about this. What did they say? A lot of cuss words. I think it's really easy to blame the person someone's calling. Did you ever catch feelings for any of these people? Because I'm empathic, I always have a sense of feeling someone else's situation. What's going on? Why do you feel so neglected? What are you missing? I didn't do as much sex work. I did a lot of companionship work. A lot of people called me because they want to talk to someone. They want someone real. They want someone who genuinely cares. Did I care about them? Yes. But I cared about them in the same way I care about a stranger who shares their story with me, if that makes sense. There's a boundary there that you have to understand. For me as a personal thing, I wouldn't have dated a client in that aspect. What are some of the kinks you came across? I'd read a lot of things in preparation for this job, but I did not know the full extent of things that people could find kinky. And the sad part is after 10 years of doing it, I was like, I see where that comes from. It might not be my thing, but I can see it now. Have you ever come across somebody that wants to involve food or animals or foreign things? Oh gosh, yes. So there is a lot. Dogs is a big thing. People that either want to hear about women who like to get off with dogs or have them lick their pussy or, you know, other things. There's also the peeing and the scat. Those are huge. Wait, what was the second thing you said? Scat. What's that? Poop. So people who fantasize about having people poop on their chest, on their face, smearing it all over the place. Did you ever have a hard time with that? Sometimes you have the people that know specifically what they want to hear. Those are the fetishists, the hardcore fetishists. And then you've got the other people that are just curious about it. And so they want you to do the legwork, especially in the beginning. I took a lot of pauses and I would fill it in with noises like, and you know, I just kind of do little filler noises while my brain tried to catch up with this weird thing I couldn't imagine. If you're going to do the whole swinging thing, somebody's going to get jealous. Like, what do you think about that? So I laugh that you bring this up because when I was 18, I had a fake ID and me and my friends used to go to the bar. And one night we were walking up to this little town bar and all these guys are hanging over the balcony and hitting on me and my friends. So we go inside, those same men will bring us drinks. And then they start introducing us one by one to their wives. And here I am 18. I don't know shit about this. And I'm like, why are you talking to me if you have a wife? After a while, I started putting two and two together and they told me they were swingers. After talking to several of them, it sounds like very rarely does that work. Did you have couples calling you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Lots of couples, especially couples in the DS world, uh, dominant submissions world, like to have a third party to play with. That was very common, especially people where either the wife or the husband has a lesbian fantasy. I personally have never had a couple do the rape fantasies. Lots of men, though, especially older men. And the big thing with rape is a lot of times it goes in line with being younger, like a, an underage person. One of the last calls I took in the last year or two, there was a guy whose wife had just had a baby. He wanted to fantasize about raping her. That one was hard for me. And then you're always wondering, would he actually do that? Or is he calling me because he doesn't want to? Or is he, maybe he's not even married and he's just creating this fantasy in his head. Has anybody ever told you that they've done something sick? Yes. And I've reported them to the police. I had a gentleman that used to call rather regularly talking about underage fantasies. And I would always redirect the conversation because I don't talk about that stuff. If, if it's illegal, I don't personally talk about it. He would call. And then one time he's like, don't you want to hear about 
about the time that I did this because he had given a name, he had given a specific, it was his stepdaughter, she was underage and he'd given too many concrete things. Did he ever like call back? No, because when they get reported, they get banned from the line. Did you ever coach other phone sex operators? You know, after you've been around for a while, you get so many new people trying to break into the industry because it's so saturated. Back when I started, it wasn't as popular. There was still a lot of people back then, but now it's international. So you get people that will do it for just bottom dollar cheap. Sex is becoming more common to talk about. I would have people all the time, how do you do this? I think most of the coaching ends up being helping women find their own signature. Did you ever take your own clothes off and like really do what they were asking? If I was on camera, yes. You have a lot less leeway. You have to do what they want you to do and you have to be a really good actor because they will ask you to put things in your body that doesn't feel good or do things that don't feel good and you have to pretend. But on the phone, no. The only time there would be a certain contact with my body is if there was a sound I couldn't fake. You learn a lot of tricks of the trade like to make sounds of body. Like for example, if you put lotion in your palm and you squish your palm together, it kind of sounds like being wet. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> or you put your finger in your mouth and you flick your cheek several times from the inside. It makes the same sound, but there's some things like spanks and stuff like that, that you do have to do some contact. I really try to engage the senses because imagining the way things touch, taste, smell, that really engages the body and it starts to make the experience feel more real than just talking about it. Phone sex isn't just about words. You can fumble all the words. You cannot know what to say at all. As long as you can connect someone with their body, you're bringing them into the experience. And you said that you did some on camera. Yeah. So I started off actually in the writing world. I started writing erotica. Then I started recording it and doing audio recordings. And that's where I made my first big hit. I made a ton of money recording. Well, then people were like, well, gosh, I can't wait for my next story. Can I just call you? Then after that, it was like, I really want to know you. Can I see things? I would love to know what ultimately made you decide. Honestly, I think in the beginning, it was curiosity. I don't like surface level bullshit. I want to know what's behind the social image that people hold up. I found that sex is the one place people drop all their barriers. They drop all their walls. I think that's what drew me in. You know, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions that people who call phone sex lines are losers. The majority of my clients, but I had a lot more of the high class business people who are just too busy to have connections with people. What was your oldest and youngest client? So it's kind of hard because there's this one chat service I have worked for. It's called Talk To Me. They have this kind of good chat roulette sort of, but on the phone. And you would call in and you would just leave a recording like that. And then people would listen to your recording. And if they liked it, they would buzz you and send you a message. I have talked to people who've claimed to be in their 80s and they're like, I'm old and my wife doesn't want to do it anymore. Did you ever worry about like inducing heart attacks? Yes. Oh my gosh. There was this one gentleman. He was a regular of mine and he was just out there. He would call me and he would just really go at it. And you could physically hear him masturbating because he was just beating it so hard. And he would be like... <coughs> Like he was, I don't know. And I, I was a little worried that the mix of the alcohol and the pain pills. Yeah, I'm not responsible if your wife walks in. I'm not responsible if you lose your job because you were jerking off in the office building. Yeah. Were there words that they're not allowed to say? When you work for a company, there's some companies that are called no taboo, which means anything goes. And then there's companies that have rules. The very common rules are nothing underage. A lot of them don't do animals because it's illegal in most states. A lot of them don't do bodily fluids. So no blood, no pee 
know, poop yeah. people like tried to harm themselves while talking to you? Yeah. So fun fact, I also had to report this was, I think I was only about two years and there was a gentleman that went on camera. I was not on camera, but he paid me to watch him and he wanted to mutilate his penis and he took a knife and started to try to fillet himself, obviously ended immediately and then called. That you were a relationship coach. So I would, that's actually a great transition. I would love you to talk about that. I have a degree in psychology. I have a master's degree in psychology and I work in the mental health field. I'm really more drawn to coaching because, you know, you can't always get to people by playing by the rules. You got to kind of poke at their feelings. Someone might not be able to say I'm lonely, but if you dig around in their sex life, you might be able to get there. I started doing relationship coaching because over all these years that I've done this, I've helped people repair their marriages. I've helped people realize you don't want to keep hiring a girl like me. What would you say to wives that want their husbands to send the tech? I would say, first of all, send it first. If you're feeling something, share it. If you want more attention, affection, be a little flirty, get outside of your comfort zone. There's an opportunity there. Hey, I want to role play. I want to do some different things. Don't be afraid because if they're married to you or they're already with you, they're into you. What if they want to do things that you don't want to do? So I think that's really common on both ends. There's a lot of things that women want that that maybe their men don't want. Maybe some of the sensuality, the talking before sex, the connection. Sex is always something I wanted to be good at. I watched a lot of porn and I read a lot of erotica to get creative and to learn. How long did it take you to get comfortable? I had a lot of people hang up on me and tell the operators I was awful because they would call and I would just, I would be like, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would do a lot of that. You feel put on the spot and you don't know what to say and you just freeze. I've been yelled at. I've gotten off the phone and just cried. The sex industry can be really cutthroat and some people are not very nice. But when you find that clique of girls that are just fucking amazing, we used to do so many fun things together, but with the clients, we would make money off of doing talent shows where we would sing and dance and like just do fun things. Um, I stopped working for the companies. I started working for myself. But then you have to market yourself, right? Okay. So there's indie, there's platform, and then there's working for a company. So the companies are where a lot of new girls start. You're going to get a huge chunk of your pay cut because they're not only going to be your payment gateway where they take the money for you, which is nice because they take the liability and they screen to make sure everyone's of age. They do all the legalities. They advertise. Um, those companies are where I usually suggest new girls start at least for the first few months. I wouldn't stay there longer than a year just because you are giving up so much of your profit. The second stage that some people go to is they'll stay with a company, but they'll go with a company that asks them to do part of their marketing. And so they're responsible for drawing clients to their character. Then they get a bigger cut. The next step is usually platforms like uh, Nightflur, Talk to Me. Those are some popular ones. That's where you basically have a profile on a site. So guys or women that go there, they know they're looking for a phone girl and they look through all these profiles and they pick their favorites. So how are you taking these skills now? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what what gets you off now? What lights you up? So I really love, you know, coaching people with their authenticity because a huge part of having an amazing sex life is knowing exactly who you are. A lot of people that have sex problems or disconnect in their sex lives, I feel like a lot of it's confidence and not knowing who they are and what they like. So I love exploring with people. I love working with couples and helping them find ways to reconnect because it's a, it's a lot more than just sex, but sex is a component of it. It's intimacy. What's the most common insecurity for a man versus a woman? A lot of men performance, are they satisfying? You know, I think that there's this misconception that most men just care about getting off and then being done because they want their own pleasure. But a lot of time that's deeply seated in 
am I fulfilling my partner? And it's just, it's not realistic. You know, the average person lasts about seven minutes. I love taking the myth out of that stuff and proving to people, no, you can have fun with exactly what you have. Just like anything in life, you have to sell yourself for who you are. Were you available all the time? I definitely started out like where I felt like I had to be on all the time. Again, just like we do as entrepreneurs, we start off being the the people pleasers, the yes people, not having boundaries. I always tell girls that are new in the industry, this is marketing, but you're the product. We say in business, you have to make sure that you have a good product, that you package it well. In this industry, your product is you. The sooner you realize that and stop thinking that you're not an object, the better for you because you are an object. Now, that's not to say that you're not an object that should be treated well because people should treat their toys well. They should not break their toys. Otherwise, they don't have them to play with anymore. Have you ever been called a prostitute? I've been called everything. I've been told I was morally irreparable, that I'm a homewrecker, that I'm a whore, that I'm going to hell, that I have no soul. I wonder if you could give my dad advice versus him give you advice. Like anything is sexy if you figure out how to make it sexy. All right. That was one hell of an episode. Mrs. Rose was doing not only a business, but she really wants to help people. She used this as a platform. There's a lot of people that have misconceptions about sex. There's a lot of people that also are curious. So this is an area where someone can actually help people and get down to the true meaning of what they stand for. Relationship building can be done in many curious forms. Grooming on men's below the belt area? Hell yeah. Bring on Manscaped. Custom tools and care designed for your specialized needs. And ours too. If you found that entertaining, don't forget to subscribe. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG. Need some advice from daddy? Let's connect at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.